Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Snyder, and I'm coming to you today from beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, I'm joined by the original Miss Wood, my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good for the first day in social distancing. Oh, my goodness, right? so good, yeah. So it's kind of an adventurous time around the globe where a lot of families are experiencing some kind of change, whether it's something dramatic or a little more subtle, but a lot of families are needing to work from home for the first time. And that's something that you are rather familiar with. You don't have a work from home job now, but when we were growing up, your office was at home. It sure was. It was was good for all of us, I think. Right. So I worked for. Yeah, it works for everybody. So um, since you worked from home and you had children who were in a monastery setting, I thought it would be helpful uh, to hear maybe some ideas of of what worked uh, 20 and 30 years ago. And maybe there's something that in those past 20 and 30 years, you've learned that now technology has made easier or you wish had been available or you wish you had known. And maybe you'd have some some thoughts to pass on to, to parents who are approaching this as a brand new scenario and not necessarily something they chose. When you said about technology, it reminded me that of uh, two things. Um, this was so long ago that people had to call me to say they sent me an email. And so that's one. We did not have as much email, and we didn't have the capacity to share documents, of course. So um, we, you probably remember going to Kinko's a lot, which reminds me of one of the things that worked for us and that I recommend parents working at home is I would save up the work that you could do with me, like mass mailings, for um, after school. So we did it together. So that so I think in in the bigger picture, what I think uh, um, is true today too for parents who are trying to work at home, is figure out which tasks can include your kids, because a lot of us are accustomed to working without interruption, or that our workload is our priority. And then when your children are at home, you're working at home, you have two primary priorities conflicting with each other, right? To be a good parent, to make sure your children are receiving the input and the stimulus and the environment they need for health and well-being and that you can accomplish your work. So one piece that worked for me, and I think it's translatable a next generation, is include your kids. Um, and there are also things that kids can help with, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm thinking, um, like maybe we don't do as many mailings, but um, if you are needing to um, dispose of of papers um, rather than just putting them in the recycling bin next to you or putting them in the shredder, you know that could be a cutting work for a three yeah. or four or five year old. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So are there Yeah, go ahead. So when you said a cutting work for a three or a five-year-old, it reminds me that um, when your sister was little, really little, she she wasn't going to Montessori yet for a little while. And so what I did is I set up a desk for her in my office. So 
she, she didn't stay at it very often, but she had a space. And so she wasn't trying to sit on my lap, although that was doable sometimes, but she had her own space and she did work that actually copied what I was doing. And so, um, that was, a, that was something I just fell into, um, partly for self-preservation because she wanted to be with me and I thought, okay, you need your own space. And yeah. so that's another one is to adapt. Um, and she was little. So, so she had work side by side. So the same thing with the cutting or cutting work, or, um, I think that would be, that would be very doable. Yeah. Have a cutting or a coloring, or maybe even make, um, supplies that look the same, like, a a extra pad of paper or pens, or, you know, that you can have a desk set up and a child can have a desk set up just the same and they can tidy their desk and you can tidy your desk um, and everybody can have their own special space that they take care of. Um, I imagine it'd also be a fun time for something like um, in the Montessori classroom, we have flower arranging and uh, having, you know, a little flower arrangement to put on your desk and making a flower arrangement to go on a child's desk too. And that everybody has, you know, their, their drink with their coaster or, you know, everybody has all their tools that they need to be ready. And all of those things, those preparation type things of getting ready to work could be a child's work too. Absolutely. And another thing, speaking of work is it's, it is, I would suggest that parents who work at home set up a space that is where they work. So you don't work all over the house. You don't, if you can avoid it, don't work at like the dining room table, but set a space so that there's a visual to children or to the rest of the family. There's a visual separation that says, oh, my mom or my dad are sitting there. That means they're at work. And so that's their space. That's one. But secondly, let the space be permeable. Um, And you were talking about special works that the kids could do. And I thought, well, they could also have, parents could also set up an assortment in advance, either after kids are asleep at night or early in the morning of works that kids could do on their own. So they could go to, you know, when they're done with something, they could go to a space and get another project. Or sometimes, sometimes kids just need a little suggestion of what you could do next. Um, So that's one. And another one I think is of vital importance is you don't, working at home, you don't have the luxury and the privilege of 100% focus on your paying work, your day job, your your, um, profession. Because again, back to that competing priorities, your kids also need your time. So that can be done either I got up for a number of years, I would set my alarm for 4 a.m., work for a couple hours in my office, and then the morning routines happened, and I had full time for you guys, and then I went back to work after you were in school. And I think it's really important to remember that um, this is a different time. There needs to be a different ebb and flow, um, and allow time. Maybe it takes a timer and say, okay, I work for 40 minutes, and we, we work together when we have something together for 20 minutes. And maybe it's go outside. Um, maybe it's clean, have a cleaning project or something together, you know, some activity. And then again, 
take it in baby steps because you can get a lot done in baby steps. But one of the luxuries that went by the wayside was long stretches of uninterrupted time. And I promise that it is absolutely worth the ostensible sacrifice because it brings balance into your life. It brings interest. I would go back to the work refreshed because I'd had a break with my kids, you know, yeah. or we, we went outside and pulled three weeds and came back in or, or we'd wash some dishes or we started dinner and then went back to our jobs. And I, I think that's vital. Kids are just as important as the work, especially for those who have the luxury of working from home. Um, yeah. it, just by virtue of the fact you can work for home, from home means that you have some privileges to amend your work time in ways that you might not be used to, but welcome the interruptions. Yeah, so not necessarily just trying to um, do exactly what happened the way it happened, only in a different location, but uh, maybe some creative thought processes around how can we do this differently particularly because it's it's probably this is probably not necessarily all of our own reality now we're you know we're not trying to all of a sudden over the course of of a weekend figure out how to do this is our life now right we're trying to set up for success of what's going to be the best thing we the best thing we can do for you know what for some of us might be the next 3 days or the next week or so but you know, the world over, some some people in some parts of the world, it could be, it could be the next eight weeks or so. Exactly. It reminds me of um, two things occurred when you were trying to recap what I mumbled on about is it reminds me again, what we're doing globally right now is we're trying to um, build the airplane while we fly it. And the only way I, I mean, first of all, that's impossible, right? But let's say it, it isn't. And we recognize that we're learning how to do what we're trying to do while we're building the shape and the context for it is to remember priorities again. And it helped me to make lists and say, okay, these are the things I need to accomplish um, and, and put them in priority so that when interruptions happen, they become breaks, not interruptions. And then I can come back to say, okay, what was my priority for the next thing? And, and then attend to the next priority and remembering that your kids are a priority too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's disrupted by this. You know, we had, I don't, I don't remember a time when you weren't working from home um, right. when that wasn't your paid job. But right. for a lot of people, that's not the case. Uh, and so it can be easy to think that well, parents are home, it must be the same as a weekend and, and have a hard time adjusting to the fact that you're here, but you're not available. And Ooh, yeah. um, that this is, you know, children are not watching the news or, you know, hitting refresh on their browser, trying to see what's the latest on what's going on around the world, but they are picking up on that this is something different 
you know, they're not at school today. Um, and so this is something different. I'm probably also picking up on tensions that parents are having either worried about elders or worried about loved ones living afar or just stressed about the fact that this looks different right now. Um, so do you have, you know, suggestions for, you know, managing expectations or, you know, there were times when, when we got sick. And so your routine of being at home alone was then, of course, disturbed, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean all the deadlines could have been shoved off. That's right. Well, and there is a benefit that you're pointing to, too, is that this is something where many of us are trying to do that is not the status quo, is not what we're used to. And I think um, globally, both geographically globally and sort of that globally holistic notion we need to be kind to each other and to say that these things are going to take longer we all have a high learning curve we're learning how to be isolated we're learning what matters we're learning how to stay connected and also watch out for one another we're learning how to live in proximity with our our children our family members that maybe we don't usually do that we're learning how to divide our attention And we need also to learn how to be less efficient, to make haste slowly. Um, We were, it reminds me of something, and I think this is really true for working at home with children present is there's an African saying that if you, if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think that's true even at the micro level of families at home. If you want to go quickly, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go with each other. Even three-year-olds can do that, um, and little bitties. Uh, I I think it's one of the pieces to change how we approach our lives for this little while at least. Yeah, and it could, you know, it could also be a really good, model for children to see to see their parents working you know you you so often the work gets done behind closed doors and so we think we think adults are good at everything and if we see parents you know engaging in a video chat with their colleagues or you know working really hard on something um that's it, you're you're really demonstrating work ethic and modeling that, that you work, I work, and that now now this is work this is work made visible because it's you know so often you just get dropped off at school and you know where mom and dad work or you know who whoever is important in your life you know where they work but not what they do and getting to see that is not not necessarily a bad thing. Well, that's cool. That's a really cool observation and. And it, it makes me really excited because, first of all, I think maybe you saw that growing up. And also, it it gives the child an important job to, to say, this is what I do. This is what I do when you're at school. And this is how you can participate in that. And one of the ways you can participate in that is to do work on your own in your room. <laughs> You know, not that our kids are responsible for our feelings, but one of the ways kids can participate in our work is to let us do our work, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's 
that's not always bad to hear too, is sometimes we support one another by letting each other be on their, their path, do their work. Yeah. And it's for kids too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there are certainly times in the classroom when, um, there are times for conversation and there are times for giggling with your friend and there are times for snack or lunch together or whatever the case may be. But there's also times when even really dear friends or, or even an adult were, you know, please don't interrupt my work. And that that's setting a clear limit with, with clarity and kindness and having that on both sides of the equation, you know, and in the classroom, the, when you're working, you're sitting at a table and you're engaged in what's in front of you. And so that's a sign to others that you're working with something or as a guide in the classroom, when I'm sitting on a special presentation stool and I'm one-on-one with another child or with a small group, that's not a time to come up to me and start a conversation. So are there, uh, is there value in creating clues for a child and to, to giving them some kind of examples of, you know, when, you know, if you're, if you're on a video call, you know, when this green light is on, it means I'm not available. Um, but if you put this posted on my desk, I will come to you as soon as I can, or let's go run around the block as fast as we can, or let's set a timer for, uh, you know, how many times can we run around or, you know, let's do a yoga for five or 10 minutes. And then, then I have something important and I'll help you find something important too. And then when that's done, I'll come back to you. I love that. I also love it because the notion of set aside space or workspace that signals, this is a visual signal that this is not to be interrupted, but can, we'll have an end to it. All, if you, if you do that at home in this rare time, then it also helps kids go back to Montessori remembering how that works, how mutual respect works, how my workspace works, how this is my workspace and at this moment, and then this is our time together. That's really good. And they, they ha- that's built into the Montessori process of work is each one's work is respected and not interrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- and look different, yep. you know, for you know, one child, it's stringing beads, and that's just as valuable as uh, long division uh, or reading or snack with a friend or whatever the case may be. And so in the same way, you know, my work looks like um, my work looks like a video conference, you know, with my team across the world. My work looks like, you know, writing a blog post or whatever it is. And my work looks like coloring with crayons or markers, whatever I choose. And if it, if an adult's work is um, something that's not as obvious as like a video conference, um, like sometimes I had to just do thinking and thinking looks like you're not doing anything. So you could set it aside like either this, when I sit here, this is my thinking space or put a hat on, you know, use something that I think that that could be really fun. And the other thing, especially when kids are older, a friend of mine is doing this right now with her kids. Whenever they have snow, she's a brilliant mother. I'm so impressed um, with her intentionality with her kids who are young. Um, but in in this time, every in the morning, they have they have a meeting and they together figure out what are the things they're going to do today. 
and um, and and some and there's always built-in time for rest and yoga, and it has times on it. So, with older kids in particular, it very much could be, what do I want to learn about? I mean, there's so many wonderful resources online for kids to go online. All the museums are putting up their pictures now. I mean, there's lots of stuff in social media that is allowing us to still stay connected and kids could have some research time. The older kids, um, maybe, I don't know, there's even, even five-year-olds and four-year-olds can, can do, can investigate something they're interested in. And it does not have to be limited to resources, physical resources you have in your house, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even though parents are home, uh, there doesn't necessarily need to be a burden on parents to do a lot of educating and to to do a lot of teaching. Right. Uh, you know, that just being just being at home and you know having resources available to children, but then also having the opportunity to get bored. Uh, you know, and having the opportunity to rediscover old favorite Legos or organize the bookshelf or, you know, whatever happens when you're allowed to get bored and uh, you've put those limits in place of, you know, until, you know, until I come out and we take our afternoon scheduled break, you know, this is uninterrupted work time. Uh, that can be a great learning moment, even if there's not an adult there doing any teaching, just because children are out of a school environment doesn't mean they're not learning. Oh, I love that. I love that. In fact, uh, um, it's one of the, it seems to me, you're the pro, not me. I'm just the parent, but, um, it seems to me that that's one of the, the foundational ideas about Montessori is that the child will respond to their environment. So how is the environment set up to call, to call forth curiosity through the boredom? You know, that how is, how is the space set up? How are the, the emotional environment too, not just the physical, sorry, not just the physical environment, but all of it, right? I love that. Um, yeah. And what do you think about, um, like, you know, each day has its own has its own needs, and having a, a family meeting um, for you know outlining what your day is going to look like and when there needs to be quiet time or when there is time for flexibility. Um, but what about um, like setting a routine um, in the same way? Maybe we've fallen into a routine when it's business as usual. Um, and establishing a routine for these days or weeks that we might be at home. Absolutely. Because that is part of what sets it aside that makes it different than a weekend, isn't it? I think sometimes the, the luxury of a weekend where people don't have, is that you don't have um, schedules to meet. Well, sometimes you have tons of errands, but there's something different about that. So if, if the routine is set up in advance and it could be from day to day, it could be for the next two days, we're going to do it this way. And then we'll see if we want to do it that way in the future. Um, I think it's, it's a vital importance. That's probably, that's important for people who are, um, who don't have kids at home and are trying to work from home, set a routine, um, set a plan, figure out 
when you will rest and when you will work and when you will move and when you will engage with other people. And it's not going to be inviolable, but at least it's a map, right? It's a possibility. It's a plan. And when you say that, I also would encourage people to start the morning with conversation together and imagining what we want, if it's set day by day, what do we want to accomplish today? But then at the end of the day, do it again. How do we do? What was wonderful? You know, sort of a review, um, a review that that takes into account successes and failures and delights and disappointments and shares them and then gets ready for the next day to say, so now how do we want to do this tomorrow? That obviously depends on age of the people involved in the conversation. But um, I think schedules are really important, especially when everything's getting unmoored. You know, yeah. the more uncertainty we live with, the more small routines matter. Yeah. And uh, I know that we're hoping to put some resources together for families, um, but just because it ties in so nicely with having your work at home, there has to be some kind of closure to the work. And um, is there um, uh, like fitting in opportunities for children to now participate in home routines, like preparing meals or helping with laundry or you know, outside chores or other things that maybe we're, we're also doing those things differently since uh, we need to, uh, since so many of our routines are changed, uh, that maybe everything else shifted up earlier in the day. And so now children are around to help prepare a meal uh, and we can do that together. And so we have, rather than having our work and our, our meal and our chores be all separate from the playtime, engaging that as part of our together or playtime. I think that's really good that there becomes an ebb and a flow to the, the um, day. And it, it reminds me also that we have to be willing to be less efficient. E efficiency is not all it's cracked up to be. You know, some of it is about process and engagement and the conversations and the learning that happens when you're trying to sort laundry. I mean, that's something even little kids could probably do, sort laundry and then, um, you know, figure it out. Um, and then it could be checked. I mean, there, there's so many, there's so many household activities that kids, little kids can actually do if we create enough space for time and for explanation, right? I mean, you can't just go from zero to 60 and do all the laundry, but you can sort colors. You can put them in two different baskets. You can under, you know, and then have the, have it checked and then do the next step. And that's very rewarding, but it yeah. takes longer, but we're, we have more time because we're not distracted by where do we have to go and what do we have to do? Think of how much time is opened up by no commutes, no, um, outside engagements. I mean, we've lost, we know what we've lost, but we've also gained this quieter time that could almost be a, a reboot. We could try on new things that we want to do and see what happens if we live this way. What if we lived more simply? What if we didn't go somewhere every day? Yeah. And it also creates 
you know, maybe some quiet time for an adult if you need to do a head down type of task of, you know, giving a two and a half year old a bunch of socks to pair, you know, as long as you're not too concerned about those socks all ending up paired in the next, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is, because there might, the socks getting paired might turn into a little bit of a distraction. Uh, but having uh, a child engage in some of those things, I wonder if you could pair all of these socks, or I wonder how many of these socks you could pair of those like clean laundry items or, or anything like that, or, you know, giving a, a child, you know, a, a safe, um, a, a safe option, you know, vinegar cleans a lot of things of a spray bottle and some vinegar and a, a cloth of cleaning some windows. If there were a time that you need a little bit of quiet, um, creating a nice opportunity for a child to, to feel important and to feel like they're engaged and to, there is a little bit of novelty there because that's not necessarily a task that they always participate in. And I think that's an excellent idea with a very like adamant grandmotherly advice. Let go of the outcome. It's like if you, if you give a child the opportunity to match socks let them be matched. If you give them an opportunity to wash the windows, let them be done the way they're done. Don't go back behind and fix it to your liking because that squashes um, confidence and creativity and agency. It's like, you know, done is good enough. And in some respects, I'm mindful of the fact that in order for adults who are working at home to have space for the processes they need to do, they have to rest lightly on the outcomes of their children's work. You know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's, this is not the time when we, this is not the time to think about educating for doing it right, which usually translates the way I would do it. Right. Um, but now's the time for learning, for trying, for experimentation, for saying, huh, look how that came out which is back again to the list of priorities, because when you work at home, there will be some things that, that have to be done and have to come out a particular way. But there probably are more things than we recognize that can come out good enough mm -hmm. in the benefit of protecting our children's sense of agency and the goodness of their own selves. And so it sounds like a lot of things for working at home um, which which was a little bit necessity and a little bit choice um, in in your situation and in our situation rather than today is a lot of necessity and probably not nearly as much choice. Um, but are there are there things that you would do differently or things that are now a part of your work process that were wishes when you were working at home when we were little? Ooh. The amount of work, you, like we already, at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about social media and connectivity is so, is, is so much more amazing. I mean, the fact that we're doing this podcast is phenomenal, right? And you could yeah. figure it out. So we have a lot more tools to ourselves that we are, that we are able to use. And I think but I think as I look back on the work I did and and um, both as parent and as um, professional, 
I think I would have, I wish I had worried less about was I being productive enough? Because the irony is I had a lot of engagement with other people. So there was lots and lots of collaboration and work that was being done. I was just based out of home. And, but because it was relatively new, I felt the need to prove that I was as productive as somebody who was sitting in an office. And um, I think that's an unnecessary siphon of energy. Um, for most, most people who are able to work from home probably have enough inner drive that they will produce adequate to the time and they will do their work more of a concern would be that um, our children lose an opportunity or lose experiences that that would only take a little bit of our time to create the space for that to happen i don't i don't know if that's making sense but there's something about don't worry about if you're producing as much as you would if you were in an office be and take the the time it takes to settle the kids, to give them ideas, to set their environment, to take breaks with them and know that it will come out. Um, and, and little kids sleep a lot, a lot more than adults. <laughs> so you can do it when they're asleep, you know, yeah. a lot of stuff can be done when everybody's ta- asleep, you know? Yeah. Um, so does that make sense? Yeah. And does that resonate with your experience of all of this when you were growing up? Yeah, I don't ever remember. Uh, I remember that I know that that was your job, but I also don't really remember anything bad happening, you know, left to our own devices. I don't remember any trips to the ER or, you know, any disagreements with my sister that, you know, weren't uh, pretty easily rectified. Uh, You know, it wasn't, you know, perfect because there's a little bit of woof. There's a parent there to help fix it. Well, yeah. of course you go to an adult because, you know, it's always easier to get somebody else to fix it uh, than working to fix something ourselves. Um, but once we settled into the routine and knew that like, oh, wait, you know, it is, it is summer, but you're still working, you know, that this is a little different for me, but it's not that different for you or there are still things that need to be done. It's kind of the excitement of all brand new and then everything kind of settles in. Uh, Then it's, you know, things, things get done and they're a nice thing together of, you know, take, taking time, but also having a little bit of quiet time and having, you know, not, not necessarily being entertained, you know, a lot of really, good things happen when you have that space to to figure things out on your own or to maybe start to think a little creatively absolutely it's a huge gift we can give each other in this space of of not being anxious of being present to one another and also being attentive to the work that each of us and only we ourselves can do and to be mutually supportive in that I think is there are some there are some riches about this um, enforced quiet time that will allow us to be very productive if we're concerned for that and um, give space for new learnings that can be very exciting yeah 
and it will all be okay. It will be okay. <laughs> really, really will be okay. And the truth, the other truth is, um, my anxiety about how things will end up in this time of uncertainty will not be assuaged by getting mad at my children or um, not being present to my children for the five minutes that might take to just get them set on a new thing and really successful in whatever they want to do today. And that, I think that's a huge one. My tradition is very strong about um, don't worry because worry doesn't make your life one bit longer and things will be tended as they need to be tended. And the other my life experiences when I spend my time really over the top worried about X, Y is coming down the tracks to knock me on my backside. You know, so worry, stress, if we, to the degree we can let go of that and be present to today, to the people and the process and the work of today and the opportunity for creativity just today could be enough, right? Yeah. And figuring, you know, we'll, we'll get it all sorted. You know, maybe uh, this isn't, maybe this isn't the, the most productive week um, we've ever had on record. Or maybe, you know, if, if things had been business as usual, this week would have looked a lot different. But that doesn't mean that, that this time where things are disrupted is going to be bad. It can be a lot of really good stuff, even when it looks very different from our usual routine. Absolutely. And I hope we can all hold on to that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, thank you for being so willing to, to share your story and share your advice for working at home. For some of us, when it's not as chosen of a situation, it can be a little hard to see creatively or see anything positive and so hearing that it is possible uh, and that um, there are things that turned out just fine even if your office was at home uh, is really lovely so I really appreciate you being willing to to share those those words of your experience well thanks for asking it was fun to talk about it and I do know that it was a gift to be able to weave together parenting and family time and professional work and collaboration with colleagues to have it be all of a piece was an enormous gift in my life. And um, I'm really glad I had that opportunity. And I hope that people will find some gifts in this brief interlude that we have while we get more back in balance with our health and our relationships and it can be a gift and I'm grateful for this chance to remember so thank you yeah I remember it being a pretty good experience and I do not remember you always coming up with new Pinterest themed craft ideas and the theme of the day and entertaining or really baking very many muffins at all Um, there, there doesn't need to be a lot of pressure we can just everybody do everybody do their best and it will all turn out okay Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. All right. 
Well, thank you for joining us. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bondec, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at Bondec.org. Until next time.